Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Chris Geis, and this is episode 13, recorded on Wednesday, June 5th, 2019. The title of this episode is A Fireside Chat with Dan Dan the Fireman. Ah, you see what I did there? Daniel, also known as Dan Dan the Fireman, spent 10 years working in the fire department as an emergency medical technician, or EMT. After seeing many different motorcycle accidents and the related injuries over the years, he retired from the fire department and decided to devote his full time and effort to focusing on his social media platform to help beginning motorcyclists get started riding and to help all motorcyclists ride safer and smarter. So, you want to ride a motorcycle? Well, you've come to the right place. Because this is the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle Podcast. I'd like to start off by mentioning an email that I got from Australian listener Laurie Wingard, who wrote to me back in March. Laurie also has a Kawasaki Z900RS, so he's, he's in that Z900RS club. Laurie lives in a small town called Bowen, North Queensland, which he said is 120 miles north of McKay. And uh, he and I chatted briefly back in March, and uh, we just kind of informally said, if you know, I ever get a chance to visit Australia, which I would love to do, hopefully we'll get a chance to hook up and uh, I can meet he and his family. So Laurie, thanks for being a listener. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, keep keep writing in. Let me know what's going on. Let me know how you like the bike and uh, what's going on with motorcycling in Australia. And uh, be, be happy to mention that on upcoming episodes. Also, I uh, wanted to do a little bit of news. So this week, the Isle of Man TT is uh, is underway. It's been an interesting one. I've been following Isle of Man TT for a couple of years now. This one's been interesting because they've had a lot of rain, and so they've had to kind of rework the schedule a lot just to fit things in. There, there's days that they normally would race and they weren't able to, so they're kind of having to compress the schedule and, in some cases, shorten races. You know, a race that's normally six laps might be four laps, or, you know, a race that's four laps is like two laps or three laps, and um, they, they change what lap the uh, mandatory pit stop is on. But uh, still, it's been really cool to watch. Just a little bit of news on that, and I'll put a link in the show notes so you can uh, check out the website You know, if you want to see more, more details. But so Lee Johnston had his first win in the Isle of Man TT this year. Peter Hickman won the RST Superbike race and also took second in the RL360 Super, um, yeah, Super Stock race. Michael Dunlop took uh, the victory in the Bennett's Lightweight race. And the Birchall brothers had two sidecar wins this week so far. There's, there's more racing to come, so definitely stay tuned if, if you're interested in racing. Unfortunately, Daly Matheson, age 27, from Stockton on Tees Durham, was killed in an incident during the Superbike race on Monday. That's an unfortunate thing, you know, that's associated with motorcycle racing and in particular the Isle of Man TT just because the nature of the race. But it's it's a risk that all the participants take knowingly and willingly and they do it because they love it. Um, They just love the sport. They get a tremendous amount out of it. And to them, the the risk reward ratio ratio is there. And so they uh, they take the risk. And unfortunately, sometimes these things happen. So. Definitely my uh, condolences go out to Daly and his family. This is never something that you want to hear about. Unfortunately, it is kind of a, a fact of life, particularly in the, the world of motorcycle racing. So uh, 
I've got links in the show notes. Uh, there's actually a website that has live timing and commentary. So I've actually uh, been listening a little bit while I'm working. Uh, Isla Man is five hours ahead of us, at least for uh, for us in New York in uh, Eastern time. So, uh, you know, you can kind of take a look at your time zone, where you're located, and kind of see where it falls and, you know, what time of day uh, you can listen in. But so that's kind of a really cool feature. So uh, definitely check that out. And then also in the news, upcoming, we have the first ever Keystone TT. Well, Keystone TT is what it's called. I actually found out about this on Facebook. Uh, it's run by a couple gentlemen. It's the first year they're doing it, and it's kind of done in the spirit of the Isle of Man TT and meant to kind of happen around the same time that the Isle of Man TT is occurring. So this is going to, it's scheduled for June 23rd, 2019. The rain date, I believe, is June 30th, uh, 2019. Both of those are Sundays. The start and finish is going to be out of Concordville, Pennsylvania. And this is a 100-mile loop on public roads that are very scenic with limited automobile traffic in general. And the loop will be laid out with clearly recognizable markers indicating any change in direction with a marker after the change to assure that you are indeed headed in the right direction. So this is on public roads. It's not a race or anything, but it's in the spirit of being able to kind of tour some beautiful countryside, kind of like on the Isle of Man. Uh, it's being done as a fundraiser. Like I said, first year they're doing this. I'm going to do my best to check it out. It sounds like a lot of fun, and I'm sure it'll be an opportunity for me to meet a lot of cool motorcyclists, you know, people in the sport of motorcycling. So I'll also I'll have a link for that in the show notes. So like I said, you can find them uh, on Facebook and uh, check out what's going on there. And then just a little update on the uh, Women Riders World Relay. As you may already know, this podcast is a sponsor of Werwer. And so they're on the 100th day of the relay the baton just left Europe last night and it's heading into Asia starting in Turkey. So really cool action there. You know, check them out on their website and on Facebook. Uh, I'll put the links in the show notes and uh, they're also in links are also in uh, the notes for prior shows. So check that out. It's a lot of fun to, to watch what's going on there. And as always, thank you to everyone who's taken the time to write in. I really appreciate it, whether it's email or Instagram message or Facebook or, you know, however you choose to contact me, contact form on my website. If you haven't already, you know, please drop me a line. Contact me on, on one of those forms. Uh, just let me know that you're out there and anything you want to let me know about the show and, you know, any content you'd like to hear. I always appreciate the feedback and kind of guidance on uh, what people are most interested in. So you can always email me at so you want to ride at yahoo.com, uh, which you'll also find in the podcast notes. So without any further ado, let's get on to tonight's show. So I'd like to welcome my special guest tonight. Calling in all the way from Tucson, Arizona is Daniel, better known to his YouTube and Patreon subscribers as Dan Dan the Fireman. How's it going, Daniel? It's going good, man. It's going really good over here. Good. That that is awesome. So uh, I really appreciate you joining me on such short notice. Like I was just telling you a little briefly. Uh, originally, I was gonna have tonight. I was gonna have Tom Walker on, who also is an MSF rider coach. Oh, very uh, good. I, yeah, I met him last year. I did. A, he had developed a, a little motorcycle course called the Cornering College, which oh. he was offering through one of the riding schools on Long Island, the uh, On the Road Again Riding School. And uh, actually, the topic for tonight was he and I were going to talk about him helping me get set up to do my first track day. 
up, oh, at, wow. up at New York Safety Track. And he happened to be there this past weekend. He actually had asked me if I wanted to go up kind of last minute. I was like, no, sorry, I, I wasn't able to. But anyway, long story, story short, unfortunately, Monday he had a bit of an off on his motorcycle. And uh, he ended up breaking his ankle. So yeah, otherwise he's fine. Yeah, otherwise he's fine. You know, he's properly geared up and whatever. And the, the gear protected him, which we'll talk about that plenty tonight, you and I. Um, but yeah, so he just asked if we could kind of postpone it. And then it was interesting because it was only a day or two ago that one of my listeners who is, is also, I guess, probably one of your Patreon subscribers. Uh, I just know her as Joy on Instagram. She's NJ Cut Girl. She mm-hmm. had messaged me saying, I guess she had listened to the interview I did with Fast Eddie. And she sent me a message saying, hey, you know, it'd be really cool if you could get Dan Dan the Fireman on. And I was like, that's a great idea. I, you know, I don't know if I can get him. I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I was like, what the heck? Let me give it a shot. So, you know, shot a message out to you. Fortunately, you're available. So, so that, that, that's really, really cool. So, uh, definitely thank you to her for suggesting it. Um, yes, her, her handle NJ cut girl comes from the fact that she provides cut services to combat sports athletes. So I guess like people that box and do kick kickboxing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, so anyone, any, anyone who's interested can uh, can find her on Instagram. And from the photos I saw on her Instagram page, it looks like she rides, well, she definitely rides a Honda Rebel. I couldn't tell if it was a 300 or a 500, but uh, definitely a nice looking bike that it looks like she uh, she got recently. So uh, yeah, yeah so that's really, yeah, really cool. Really yeah, I, I work in New York City. You know, I, I don't know, I do this thing called Bikes of NYC. Mm-hmm. You know, every, every, every day I post a bike that I see out on the street and I, I see quite a few Rebels and stuff like that. So so that's really cool. But anyway, so like I said, it was, it was awesome that you could kind of join the last minute. So here we are. I got a chance to interview Dan Dan, the fireman. So yeah. Look forward to it. <laughs> In fact, uh, it's kind of cool because just I wanted to prepare a little bit. And like I definitely have heard your name before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'd seen too much of your content. But, you know, I knew you got a lot of stuff out there. And I know a lot of people like what you do. So last night I was like, well, uh, let me prepare a little bit before I talk with you. So I actually, um, I guess I went to your YouTube channel and just stumbled on the fact that you were doing your live, uh, what, what do you call it? The crash? Yeah, analysis? it's the, uh, the after action report that's, uh, or after action review. That's something that we did in the fire service where after a major incident or any type of incident, like a, a, a bigger fire or actually any fire or a bigger EMS scene, we'll kind of go over you know, what went right, what went wrong, how could we have done it better, and then how can we prevent some of the stuff that happened. Um, so that's kind of, I took that from my fire service background and trying to do something different. And it's actually working pretty well. So cool. cool. It, it was awesome. I mean, I, I, I watched the whole thing. You know, I was like, I tuned in at first, like, wow, this is really interesting. I know you went over quite a few videos and you kind of analyzed, you know, wh- what you saw going on and like the early indicators, like things that you would have caught, you know, were you in those situations. Mm-hmm. But anyway, long story short, I was just like, wow, this is really awesome. You know, I see you've got a lot of Patreon activity and subscribers. I was like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm always up for supporting people that have awesome content. So I was like, boom, let me just become a Patreon subscriber. Yeah, I saw that, <laughs> so, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, and you announced it, which was really cool. So I was like, yeah. I don't know, it's just a good lead up to, to, to doing this thing today. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely started checking out some of the stuff on, on your website and whatever. So, uh, yeah, I definitely encourage people to, to, to check out his content. You know, I'll have the links and whatever. At the, at the end of the show, you can give all the links and stuff during Sounds the show. Good. and. I'll put it in the show notes so so people can find it. Cool. So yeah, so a uh, little tradition on the podcast. I'm I'm having a little uh, Grand Marnier tonight. I think you're not quite sipping anything uh, just no, yet. I'll, but... I'll have my Bang Energy <laughs> drink. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It's all good. <laughs> well, I figured uh, 
So, so we'll do a little toast. So I know you're working on one of your goals is 400 Patreon subscribers, yes. right? Yes. So here's, here's to 400 for Dan Dan the Fireman. Yeah. That'll Thank be you. awesome. I think, what did I put you at, 354 or something like that? Sure. Yeah, we're, we're about 50 away, about 50 nice. away. Yeah, that it's is... really cool. At 400, I have a, a training manual that it's a lot of parking lot stuff. So at 400, uh, it's going to go absolutely free to everybody on YouTube. So that's going to be exciting. Cool. So, okay, so the basic idea is like, so one, once you're at 400 subscribers, right, mm-hmm. that you've got enough support then that you keep keep things rolling and you can just kind of make the content pretty much yeah. free, really long. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much uh, what it what it turned out to be. Uh, originally, before we hit this mark, I had this manual out for uh, patrons as a tier perk. It was just some perk to help support. I wanted to give something instead of just saying, "Hey, please donate a dollar." So this was something to to give back to them. But then we get to the point where it's almost uh, where I'm I'm pretty I'm comfortable at that point at 400 mm-hmm. um and i want to be able to just keep giving back more and more so i'll be taking that away from the tier perk and giving it to everybody but at the same time i'm going to add something else so that's, it's kind of okay. like a snowball effect of right giving 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 that's cool that's awesome and then also the, the patreon supporters get kind of the first access i guess to the yeah. the next thing that you release yeah, yeah. so it is kind of one of your long-term goals to kind of be able to do this as your kind of full-time job, quote unquote, if you would. Yeah. Um, currently, I mean, that's, that's what I'm doing. This is my, my full-time I've been, uh, I resigned as a firefighter last year, last May. Mm -hmm. And so I've been doing this full-time and it's, it's been a long, hard struggle. I mean, like 60 hour work weeks, 80 hour work weeks, um, literally making it a job and taking what I learned my, um, my learning techniques and the the amount of uh, effort I put into my fire service job, I, I'm putting into here, if not more. Right. And it's actually helped out quite a bit. So, yeah, this is what I do full time now. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I know when I when I talked to Fast Eddie, you know, he had mentioned too that he just works all kinds of crazy hours, but that it doesn't seem like work because no. it's something he has a passion for and he really loves, and it kind of sounds like for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like last night, for instance, I, I got into bed and I had a, a thought in my head that I needed to, to just write down on paper or start editing. And that's what I did. I just got up and I didn't go to bed till like midnight, which my wife and family probably hates. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, when I have a thought, I got I to gotta work. You know, I just sure. got to get it down before I forget it. So. Sure. But I'd imagine, too, like, you know, if you're doing something you really love and have a passion for, even if you work hard at it, it's just mm-hmm. if you're always enjoying kind of what you're doing. And obviously, yeah, there's ups and downs in anything, right? Things don't always go smoothly. But you just at least I just find I just tend to be happier. Like when I'm yeah. doing this podcasting stuff, I mean, I'm not making any money at it yet. Maybe down the road, we'll see. But I just love doing it. So yeah, I, I could be up till midnight editing and getting ready to release it. But it's like I might be tired, but it's all good. It's all fun, you know, so. Yeah, that's definitely why. I mean, that's one reason why I started. I mean, I wasn't getting paid to do it, and and uh, you have to love what you do, especially right. for something like this when you're not getting paid. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <guess>. It's, <laughs> it's tough. Well, well, well done for taking it where you have. That's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. So I, I know you've already touched on it a little bit. So Dan, Dan the fireman. So was that a name that? just kind of started when you started doing your YouTube channel or was that a name you had prior, like when, you know, back when you're in the fire service or, um, I mean, my name's Daniel and, 
And uh, I needed a, a clever nickname and a clever uh, Instagram handle when Instagram first got on Android. So I just picked Dan Dan the Fireman. Um, I think my original YouTube channel was was me. I mean, it was work, me working out. And so I was going for the power lifter route type thing. That's what I did beforehand. And then uh, it's transitioned to uh, motorcycle stuff. And it just so happened to stay Dan Dan the Fireman, not like Dan Dan the Moto Man or or right. a moto man or anything like that. Yeah, it just stayed Dan Dan the Fireman. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it evidently works. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, catchy. So, it works. Yeah. No, it definitely. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue nice and yeah. easy. And yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm keeping it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so how, how long have you been riding motorcycles? Um, I can shoot. November 2011. And the reason why I know that is because that's when I started financing my 2012 Harley Nightster. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, the day I that's when the, the day I bought started. it is when I started. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Um, and what uh, what made you get into riding? You know, how'd that come about? Uh, my buddy Matt. Um, I mean, I was going through uh, my first divorce, and uh, he's like, "Hey, get a motorcycle." He had a motorcycle, and he had a 2008 Nightster, and he's like, "Get one so we can go for rides." I was like, "All right, cool." Whatever. And then I went and just bought one, um, not knowing too much. I didn't know anything. I didn't have my endorsement. I never sat on a motorcycle. Um, and I just went and bought it. But he got me into it, and he's been, like, the major influence to get me started. And, you know, I'm still friends with him today. If you notice on any of my drone videos, um, anytime the drone is up, it shows a little little guy's face on the bottom left corner. It says Matt Cam. And it's because Matt got me the drone. So, I mean, okay. that's that's the guy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, I haven't caught any of your drone footage yet, so I'll have to check that out now. Now yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> after, we're, after we're done, I'll check it out. It's a small little Easter egg for everybody. It's like, I don't have to do it. And he's like, yeah. you don't have to do that. I was like, nah, it's it's funny. It's that's, funny. That's cool. How how long have you been doing drone footage? Um, I got uh, I started going off-road with my Sportster, which was a bad idea, but it was still fun. And I wanted to get drone footage, so I got, uh, I think it was back in 2016, maybe 17, I got the Phantom 3 Standard, and I started going off-road, it's a massive drone, and I had it started following me, so all my Saturday Scrambler videos from back in the day has drone footage of it following me through the desert, Um, and then I stopped, because I stopped going off-road, and I started doing these tip videos, but now that I'm doing a lot more... um, what is it like instructional videos and stuff? It's just another tool to have, especially if you want to get a different angle, um, right? To, to help you know show what you're trying to tell. Sure. And sure. Uh, so now I started incorporating that in my uh, parking lot and range exercises, which has been really helpful. That's cool. That's a great idea. So then I, I guess what there's like a little tracking device, like you would just carry on the bike, and then the the drone just kind of locks onto that. Yeah, they have something like that. Uh, I use a DJI uh, Mavic Air, and it doesn't doesn't have that necessarily. There's another app that I used to use with my old Phantom that I'm going to start using with this. But for the most part, I just had it sit there and be like a really high tripod. I mean, it was just like sitting in there, right. just okay. focused on stuff. Unless I had it, unless I was actually controlling it and videotaping some students and stuff at the range. And uh, other than that, yeah, I'm going to test out the whole follow me feature. That was a lot of fun back in the day. So hopefully it's going to do that this time around. But we'll see. Okay, so so that was interesting. Maybe ironic. So Daniel <laughs> talking about all this high-tech stuff with the drone. And, and actually, 
fortunately he kept talking and I guess my, my system froze or something like that. So we kind of, <laughs> we did, we, we captured all of what he was saying. So that's really awesome. But, uh, so that's, yeah, that's, that's cool with the drone stuff. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask is, uh, so you mentioned about the follow me feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah. The, I guess that yeah, was the, yeah. The follow me feature is, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, you could set the elevation, all that stuff, but once again, it's just like any other camera just cause it has, you know, wings and and blades and it's just, it's just another tool i mean you right. don't want to go overboard with it sure, sure. Yeah. yeah yeah cool stuff cool cool um so then okay so you started out on the harley and if i'm not mistaken right your current bike is the indian ftr 1200 yes it is yeah nice i bike congratulations yeah. thank you thank you <laughs> Haven't made a payment yet, so we'll see. <laughs> brand, brand new, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I had emailed, when we were emailing back and forth, my, my girlfriend Gina has the Indian Scout 60, which she's had for almost two years now. So she's she's loving that. So That's a great bike. Yeah, that's a great but, bike, uh, yeah. But yeah, the FTR 1200 is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful bike. So mm-hmm. I haven't test ridden one yet, and I think it'll probably be a while. Like the the dealer where she got her bike is definitely cool about test rides. That's not a problem, but I know that they're so in demand. Like I know they were like back kind of back ordered. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they come into the show. Like you know they get a delivery, it comes in the showroom, and the the owner comes and picks it up, and that's kind of that. So I'll yeah. either have to find an Indian demo truck or just wait till it chills out a little bit. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, any motorcycles you had in between the Harley? Um, I had the Harley and then I got a KLR for KLR 650 for about six months that I barely rode. And then I sold that basically for what I bought it for private party. And then, uh, Nikki, my wife, she has the 2018 Honda Rebel 500. So that's pretty much my motorcycling experience. So I've had four bikes my whole life, Mm -hmm. including hers. Yeah. Right, gotcha. All right, you're a little ahead of me. I got, I've got, I've bought two bikes, which I still have: Vulcan Kawasaki Vulcan S, and then the Z nine hundred RS. So, uh, which I tend to ride more than the Vulcan. The Vulcan's great, but once I got used to the extra horsepower and whatnot, and and torque in the four cylinder, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> so that's why, that's why I can't wait to try the FTR twelve hundred because I know it's even up a little bit on horsepower, and I'm sure definitely on torque you know, over mm-hmm. the Z 900 RS. So about a, a fun bike. I love it. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I know, so you spent about 10 years in the fire department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About 10 years. Uh, I think it's like 10.77 years or something like that. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, roughly about 10 years, uh, in the fire service. Okay, gotcha. Now, yeah. d- was that as a firefighter or do you have like any paramedic or EMT training or anything? Yeah, that was a firefighter EMT. Yeah, yeah, straight firefighter EMT. Gotcha. Okay. So how, like, how long when when you train to be an EMT? Like, how long a program is that? uh... That that's a they usually do like a uh, an EMT academy, and that's roughly uh, one long semester, uh, maybe one and a half semesters. I forgot exactly how many, but they can they can rush you through it in a month, which is extremely hard, or they can take their time with you for about two semesters at a college. Right. Um, it all depends on where you're at, but I've done, I've done the, the rushing, I've done the full semester and I can tell you what it's, it's a, it's a lot harder to rush that kind of stuff. I'm sure. There's, yeah. There's, there's I'm way gu- too I'm much. I'm guessing there's a lot to learn. 
Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was the cool thing about watching your live stream last night is obviously, you know, you have the medical background and understanding of things. And so just the, the insight you're able to give into injuries and stuff like just the videos you were reviewing. It's like mm-hmm. like you could look at it and kind of give a medical assessment of, hey, this is probably what's wrong with the guy or girl or whatever and mm-hmm. uh, that, that kind of thing. So that that's pretty cool. Um, so a, as an EMT, like what what are the things you are allowed, you know, quote unquote, to do on a accident scene? Um, I could pretty much do anything my my certification allows me to do, which right. is within basic life support. Um, if I go outside my scope of practice, that's what it's called. Is that you know, like if I try to give somebody an IV, that's a paramedic skill, um, okay. and I wouldn't be able to do that or give medications. If I tried doing that, I'd get my license revoked right. or my uh, certification revoked, and then I'd probably go to jail. Um, so I have to stick with what I know, and I mean I I know quite a bit from the experience and what I've seen. Right. But at the end of the day, if I roll up on a a, a motorcycle accident or any type of scene. Uh, I don't have the tools to do it. So it's mainly CPR and controlling bleeding and making sure the person stays breathing until EMS shows up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, were you doing that for most of the 10 years? Um, the uh, being EMT and like yeah. running on EMS calls? Yeah, that's yeah. that's about that's like- 90, 90% of your calls. Um, firefighter okay. EMT stuff, especially municipalities like Tucson or Yuma. Um, it's 90% EMS. So I'm, that's the main thing I'm used to. Gotcha. That. Uh, okay. But, yeah. but I mean, so like, so the 10 years you were in the department, you were, you were mm-hmm. doing EMT. It wasn't like you were a firefighter and then transitioned oh. to EMT or. No, like where I, where I worked at was, uh, you had to have your fire, you know, certs just in case mm-hmm. of a fire. Sure. Um, so that was the minimum thing is fire and EMT. So you gotcha. had to do both. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I think it was two years ago now, Gina and I did uh, a, a course called the Accident Scene Management Course, which mm-hmm. actually was delivered out of a fire department in New Jersey. Uh, and that was really cool because the, the people delivering the course, it was a combination of EMTs, paramedics, nurses, and whatever. So they, they had you know very thorough understanding of all the medical details and stuff if students had questions. But it, it was really cool. The, the basic idea was it was kind of a little bit first aid training, mm-hmm. but it was more, you know, and, and it wasn't, didn't have to be only for motorcyclists, but most of the people there were motorcyclists. It was like, okay, so something goes wrong either in your group, you know, with someone you're riding with, or you come up on a scene, like, what do you do? Like, what yeah. do you do until the trained people get there kind of thing? And so, you know, they went into a lot of like what you're talking about, like what's in scope for, you know, for a civilian or whatever you want to call it right you know what's covered under the good samaritan law and like so one of the things they went over is okay so if you know that someone carries an EpiPen, for example because they've got a allergy they've been stung by a bee or something like that depending on the state you can't administer the EpiPen. what you can do is assist them yeah to to administer to themselves so if the person like is kind of zoned out and they're not even really that responsive you have to kind of grab their hand with the pen you know kind of thing so yeah it was it was really interesting to to learn that kind of stuff yeah that's the same thing with uh bls and stuff with the EpiPen or nitro glycerin and all that stuff or can't even can't even give aspirin uh as a as a bls person but you have to look for like the right medication right person right dose so you still have to know all the dosages and everything especially for the EpiPen. but yeah same thing we we couldn't just grab it and like from the drug box and slam that person in the leg with an EpiPen. it had to be theirs you know it had to be this right yeah 
Yeah, that's really good. I'm actually want to take a class uh, like that and maybe bring some people along and, yeah. uh, so they can see it firsthand. No, absolutely. Uh, so what, what's BLS? It's like basic life support? Uh, yeah, basic okay. life support. Just, just for listeners that aren't yeah. you know, up, up on the lingo, I'm sure that you guys are all throw that yeah. stuff around. But yeah, it was actually, I want to see if I can have, get on the show that the, believe it's a woman that started this uh, accident scene management course. It's actually part of what's called the Road Guardians. And okay. the story goes that the, the way the whole thing got started was there was a guy who had a motorcycle accident. Uh, was knocked unconscious, woke up in the hospital. The staff was, hey, how's it going? Whatever, you know, here's what happened. We found you. Here's your condition. Everything's okay. And the first thing he asked was, where's my wife? Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, what do you mean, where's your wife? He said, she was riding on the back of my motorcycle. Oh, no. So they went back to the scene, and they had been riding. I, I, maybe it was in the Midwest or something. It was like mm-hmm. corn cornfields or whatever. And so she got thrown from the bike. She landed in the cornfield. Nobody saw her, and it ended up she succumbed to exposure. She had yeah. no life-threatening injuries. It was just the fact that she was out in the middle of nowhere, and I guess it was cooler weather and whatever. So that kind of prompted, like, hey, we, we need to train people, you know, that if they ever come across something like this to have a, a better idea of what to do. And it was really good training, and I'd recommend it for everyone. You know, I have to admit, having done it once, mm-hmm. I, I know, like, I know some stuff, and in a situation, I think I could do some stuff, but it's not like I feel, like, super, super competent. Like, I'd want to do that course maybe a couple times, you know, because it's like, you know, you you learn how to do CPR and you learn a couple things, but if you don't, it's like anything, if you don't do it often, if you don't practice it, mm-hmm. you kind of lose it, you know, so it's like, how's that go, CPR, how's that go again? How many times, you know, mm-hmm. repetitions and whatever, but. Yeah, there's so many different types and it's it's good to know, especially yeah. if you're going to be out riding. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it was cool too, because one of the things they did was actually mock up an accident scene in mm-hmm. in the garage of the fire station. So you kind of, as a student, they kind of just have you doing something and it's like, oh, there's a big accident. And they, mm-hmm. everyone, and it was like, I guess, eight in our group, just ran into the garage where they had this whole accident scene, multiple cars, motorcycles, people bleeding, like mocked up, like pretty realistically. And it was, it was a rude awakening because it's like, you sit in the classroom and you learn this stuff and you feel you understand it. But then when you're, this wasn't even a real accident, but you're confronted with something like a real accident. It just, at least for me, a lot of it just went right out of my head. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of dinged in like, yeah, you really kind of need to be prepared for this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, but, it's really important. Really. Is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how, so how'd you make the transition then? So, so you were doing EMT stuff in the mm-hmm. fire department and then how, how, how did, you know, Dan, Dan, the fireman and your social media and YouTube channel and all that, like what, what got that started? Um, well, I mean, I, I started just writing and making motorcycle videos based on, I wanted to look cool and use some video and some, some cool music to it. And then I wanted to start growing my channel, um, in, in terms of like, just wanted more subscribers. So I'm like figuring out, okay, what do people search for? And then I started looking at beginner tips and I was like, well, I got my own spin on it as, as an EMT firefighters. Like I've seen these accidents and I already don't want people to crash and I'm tired of seeing the accidents. And so I started transitioning more towards that and then it really picked up and then, um, it just started really evolving to where, um, I started delivering, a, a lot of information to people and they kept wanting more and more and more. So I just kept making more and more videos and now it's just full on. I'm instead of being a firefighter EMT, I'm doing this full time. 
is that that's what, who I am. I'm Dan Dan the Fireman. I'm the person that, that delivers uh, motorcycle beginner tips and how to be safe and in accident scene management. Um, I was actually looking up classes uh, yeah. <laughs> just now. Um, it's actually, I mean, that's, it's amazing. I, I highly recommend anybody to take the, an accident scene management class. Um, but yeah, I just became that person. And so if I was going to be that person, I can't just, you know, go off of what I've learned as a, as an EMT firefighter, cause there's only so much. So I started taking classes and I started, then I became an MSF rider coach. So that way I can have more knowledge when it came to me delivering the right things. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I need to get more training. So you just, you recently, uh, uh, interviewed Moto Jitsu. I mean, he kind of got me yeah. into really doing some parking lot practice and really taking classes seriously, not just talking about it. Yeah. Um, there's a difference between doing and, and not doing so. I started yeah, doing. I, I saw the the video you had posted where you were working on was it black mm-hmm. no, blue blue belt or one of the belts. Yeah, all yeah, like all of them really. Yeah, that was his yeah. stuff and great yeah. great stuff, great stuff. No, yeah, no, I like it too. It's like Gina and I started actually just this past Saturday on on our white belt. So mm-hmm. it it's good, you know, and you know that's similar to kind of what you do in the MSF course, but you know you you do the MSF like basic rider course, cool, it's awesome for what it is, but mm-hmm. I, I really like his point. You know, and it's true of anything you want to get good at. It's like you really got to practice, practice, practice. And yep. street riding, fine. Like there's, there's certain things you practice and you get yep. some experience that way. But it's it's not the same as, you know, taking 20 runs at breaking as hard as you can at 20 miles an hour. Yep. You know, and, and the things that you learn and observe. And, you know, I realize just, you know, doing the circle and doing the weave, it's like, okay, yeah, it was fairly easy and I could handle it. But it's not like I felt like I had it mastered. I'm like, okay, I'm going to come back and practice this some more you know so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's huge because there's only so many times you do emergency braking on the road and if you have to do emergency braking on the road it's an emergency you right. don't want to be practicing that's something i took from fire services that we had to do at least 20 hours a month of fire training not ems training not anything else but le- legit fire training and if you don't do that the next time you actually get to practice is when it's a real fire and people right. could die. So mm-hmm. that's the, that's the severity I take when I, when I do these motorcycle training stuff. And when I talk to people and they, some of them I bet can be like, Oh, he's preachy. He's preachy. And I've actually seen that in some of the comments, but it's, you know, what? at the end of the day, I'd rather preach it to you. And then, and then you actually take it seriously and maybe go out for a parking lot practice and sure. hopefully that'll save your life. I mean, I don't yeah. care if I'm preachy or not. Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I think everyone has to just say what they think. Like, I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you're saying what you think from your viewpoint and everything you've seen. And that was something that came out in what you were doing last night. Or actually, yeah. no, it was today. I was watching the video. You did like a little kind of motorcycle safety briefing at the Indian motorcycle dealer. Yep. Right. It's like a half an hour thing or whatever. And, you know, your, your point there about all the different things that you've seen as an EMT and like where people didn't have gear or not the best gear or not the right gear or whatever. And just mm-hmm. actually observing for yourself what can happen and what happens to bodies because yeah. it, it's all physics. It's like, yeah, that's the thing I think people don't realize is especially on powerful bikes. It is so easy to crank it up to 80, 90 miles an hour. Okay, yeah. fine. That's the easy part. But people don't think, I think about all the energy that's stored up, you know, and mm-hmm. when that thing comes to a stop, there's not that much, it's not like a car, like a cage, right? Where the crumple zones and whatever take, absorb most of that energy that has to be dissipated. A lot of it goes through your body. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. You know. I mean, just, just from the, the video, the live stream last night, um, June 4th, I guess, because for everybody else that will yeah. probably hear this later, um, 
that the accident at night where the guy was probably going 30 miles an hour, 30, 40 miles an hour, got hit or he hit a Jeep. And it's like, guys, that's what I see. So I was explaining, I spent like 45 minutes on that one video explaining what happened. And it's like, that's the stuff I see. And that's, that's what, that's kind of one reason why I got out of the fire service. Cause I was tired of seeing it. Yeah. And that's why I'm so serious about this, about gear and all this other stuff. And it's like, guys, did you not hear that the guy had uh, uh, obvious deformity to his left arm and right ankle? That means he's broken. Those are broken pieces of flesh and bone. Right. And it's like, that's what I've seen. And everyone's like, man, you shouldn't be showing this stuff. And it's, you know, you're scaring me from writing. It's like, well, I'm kind of glad I'm scaring you from writing. Then maybe sure. you'll take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah. And if you take it seriously, then go take a class and get some gear and hopefully prevent this. But right. motorcycles are inherently dangerous. Absolutely. Same thing was same thing was driving a car, yeah. Just a little bit, way well, actually not a little bit more. It's actually way more dangerous than driving a car. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was that the second episode I did was on motorcycle gear. You know, the title was to gear or not to gear because I know mm-hmm. people have different opinions. And yeah. the the point I made in there is like, look, um, if if a, if a person chooses not to wear gear, okay, I get it. Like it's their right as a human being. It's their right mm-hmm. as as an American if they're living in this country. I'm not going to preach to them and tell them they're wrong, but I do choose to use gear and I advise mm-hmm. that other people wear gear. And yeah. I just pointed out at least do some due diligence, educate yourself about the risks, really understand what it's all about and what can happen to you. And if you've done that and then you've decided whatever in your final analysis, that's fine. You don't want to wear gear. Okay, fine. That's a choice. What, you know, I, I don't have anything more to say about it, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah I agree with that. I agree with that. It, it's interesting too, what you mentioned about, you know, the constant practice and drilling like in the fire service, because the thing that's that it struck me is a little bit different there is like what you said about having to practice, you know, handling fires is mm-hmm. what you said, like if you get it wrong, somebody else dies. Mm-hmm. So so there's that that element of other people. And I think for whatever reasons, some people take more responsibility for others than themselves kind of thing. So it's in a situation like that, like you might find someone who's like, I don't wear motorcycle gear because whatever. Mm-hmm. But in a situation of a group, they'd be, they'd be the one practicing the firefighting skills so they could protect their brothers kind of yeah. thing. You know, but yeah, then when it and, comes to themselves, it's like, I, I, what, it's just a different look, I guess. Yeah, it's it, people think, uh, I mean, for the most part, when they ride, it's they're by themselves, and they don't really think about the after effects. Uh, I mean, just imagine getting in a crash that, that you get severely injured, and it's not life-ending, it's life-altering. And you have a family. Now they got to take care of you the rest of their lives. Once if they decide they don't want to take care of you. Now everybody's in a bad spot. But when it came to the fire stuff, yeah, I mean, uh, if I don't train enough, my my partner could die. I mean, I, I could uh, not be in shape and then I couldn't drag him out. Or right. I used too much uh, air in my tank and I didn't skip breathe and a bunch of other stuff. And then I run out and he has to try to drag me out. And now he dies because you got, you know, all these different things. It's not really like, well, if I die, I die. I mean, that that's typical. That's that's going to happen. Right. So if I go riding, I die, I die. That's not a big deal. I don't have to worry about it anymore. But ne- the p- other people have to worry about it. Or let's say I get in a crash because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, but I'm perfectly fine. But now somebody hits one of the firefighters, EMS that are on scene. And yeah. It's like I, I wouldn't like that. And a lot of people don't think that deep of a level Um and I think of all aspects when it comes to that stuff. So I try to minimize my impact, uh, my negative impact on anybody and everybody. Right. That's, that's my goal. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And I mean, if it's even like, you know, c- considering passengers, carrying passengers, cause that's one of the mm-hmm. things, you know, fast Eddie has mentioned is, is like, Hey, 
my advice is if you're going to carry a passenger, make sure you can at least do these moto jitsu drills. Like mm-hmm. in a parking lot, controlled environment, make sure you could do these things with a passenger. If you're cool with that and you're confident, comfortable, okay, fine. But if you can't, do you really want to take you know responsibility for someone else's life on the back of your bike? So yeah. it's, a, it's a valid point. It's yeah. A valid point. Yeah, I agree with what he says yeah. on that. It does so, change the, it changes everything. It does change how you brakes, accelerate, turn, all that stuff. So you really yeah, do need to practice yeah, that. Totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, it changes the dynamics of the bike and whatever. So um when when so when when you were in the fire department, right, was it did you like have a plan, okay, so I'm gonna transition out of this and full time do social media, or did it just kinda you know, you started the social media and it just kinda built to a point where it was like, Hey, I could you know, I could, I could, or I need to do this full time. Um, it, it got to the point where it was almost like a part-time, the social media stuff was a part-time job. And then I was already for the past, uh, the last year and a half, two years of the fire service. I, I wanted to get out just, just based on a, a few of my own little mental health issues with the, you know, I don't, I don't want to say PTSD or anything like that, but like I said, I don't like seeing that stuff anymore. Sure. And that's yeah. why I, I try to promote safety. Yeah. Um, but it kind of, it, it, it came abrupt, abruptly. It just happened to where mm-hmm. I just stopped being a firefighter. And mm-hmm. luckily I had this on the side. And so I went from a full time with a pension to a part time with no pension. So I just yeah. started working really hard to, to bring it up. And it's at to the point where now I can actually start giving back a lot from what people have been giving me. And right. I like doing that. So that's awesome. The world of the entrepreneur now, right? Yeah, I know. Basically, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a whole new world, man. It's a whole new world. That's that is really cool. That's really awesome. Well, like I said, I you know, I haven't seen tons of your stuff yet, but I know you have a good reputation. I love everything I see. So I definitely want to encourage people to 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 to, you know look at your stuff. And I know like you've got over ninety two thousand subscribers now, right? On on YouTube. So ninety two three eighty one. I got a little counter right there. My wife got me. Yeah. (laughs) That's got me that for Christmas. I like that. I like that. So, uh, what what's the big what's the big celebration going to be when you hit a hundred? Like anything oh, planned? Like, Nothing planned. I I don't plan much, <laughs> but just come but, to uh, take it as it comes, right? Yeah, I, I take it as it goes, and then uh, um, the main thing is is a lot of stuff people don't see behind the scenes, but um, I do like Patreon meetings. I actually got one coming up. Um, where I talk about, you know, the, the direction of the channel and everything. And I, I try to treat it like I'm the fire chief and I'm coming down to to talk about the projection plans of, you know, the, the department. Well, I'm doing that with, uh, like I said, I take a lot from the fire service and what I know. And I take that down to here. So for Patreon, I'll, I'll tell them, hey, you know, I, you know, this is how everything looks. I'm going to be doing the DDFM USA tour pretty soon or like this is the projection and blah 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 and they like it i like doing it because i like to keep people in the know you know as, yeah. as somebody down and below at the the bottom at the firefighter emt level i'd love to know what the chiefs were talking about right. so i can make my own decisions and yeah it's it's so probably for the hundred thousand uh i don't know i have no idea uh, maybe a giveaway i don't know i'm already giving away uh i'm starting the giveaway the that's GoPro, the thing. right GoPro yeah the gopro nice um so like when I was get, I told you I was going to take away uh, the $1 tier at 400 or right. I was going to take away the uh, the perk for that is that well you know I got I want to give more I'm not going to take the stuff away I want to give more so it's like well I got a bunch of equipment that I know people would love to use that I don't use anymore cuz I just recently upgraded and it's like well I got a GoPro Hero 4 Black with all the accessories 
Um, I'm going to buy a, a rock form motorcycle mount for everybody or not everybody, but as a giveaway. And then hopefully they'll give one away too. So, I mean, like I'm, I'm trying to work my, my celebrity to, to get companies to give back to you guys. And that's, sure. that's the point. It's like, I don't need all this. That's, that's kind of who I am. So like, I don't need a bunch. Right. I mean, it's, I had the same bike forever. Right. Until, so just until recently, so <laughs> kind of kind of pay it forward, I guess. It's yes. Like, yeah, that, that oh, that's cool. That's really awesome. Hey, might, might as well make yeah, take advantage of it, and it gets the yeah. products in people's hands, and yeah. people are using it. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure the people providing stuff to you love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. do. So I, I just was uh, like I said, I, I watched that one video you did at the Indian dealer today, and there was a couple of things that you mentioned in there. I thought I would just kind of point out for for my listeners and and well for your listeners too that. I just thought was some really good points. And like one of the things you said was the need for people, like, like people have to want to be safe. You know, it's yeah. kind of a prerequisite for this whole thing. And I guess maybe in part, that's kind of like when I did my second episode and whatever, that's kind of where I'm coming from is it's like for people who aren't big on gear or they're not at get or whatever, it's like kind of give them reasons why they, they want to take a look at it. Cause right, you can't, can't force people to do yeah. things. You know, you can yeah. set a good example. You can encourage people, whatever. Ultimately it's their choice. You know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So that's definitely true that have, people have to want to be safe. But then you also mentioned the idea of creating your own safety. And I never really thought of it that way before, right? That, mm-hmm. and, and it, re- it just reminded me of things like Fast Eddie talks about and whatever. And you'll hear it like in motorcycle courses and stuff, you know, about, you know, knowing, knowing your exit points. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's not like you want to be nervous about this stuff right because no, then you're not no. then you're not enjoying riding and that's yeah. the, the whole point is to go out and enjoy riding that that's to me that's what all this is about it's like wearing the gear and the training and all that is so you can really enjoy the riding and minimize the risks and if something happens it's not too bad kind of thing right but mm-hmm. but so that you're constantly vigilant it's like you're looking around and like what's my exit routes and if this happens what do i do if a car runs that red light what do i do if you know someone runs the stop sign you know what do i do kind of thing but the fact that like I, I like that way of putting it, like you're creating your own kind mm-hmm. of safety zone, you know, just by looking out way ahead of you, what's happening, being aware of things, you know, you're just increasing the likelihood that you get home safe. You know? Yeah, so. it really is. And and I like to to mention it as, you know, when you first start to ride, when you first sat on a bike, you were nervous, you're anxious, you know, yeah. you don't, this powerful machine, I don't know how to do it. But then when you slowly just do it you you become more comfortable and more comfortable more comfortable so people don't like to start something new which is you know take a class nobody wants to do that but once you take a class and you start practicing that stuff it's not nerve-wracking anymore and now you have a base foundation of of good safety and so you're creating that for yourself and the same thing with wearing gear it's like at first it kind of sucks probably you're wearing full gear but then you start getting used to it and used to it now it's your new normal so creating a new normal for you which is based in safety you don't have to think about it you never think about it and right. then it just now you're safer right and, and it's just part of what you do kind yeah of thing. It's, it's interesting you mentioned that because i was thinking about this the other day like when when gene and i did you know, she had ridden motorcycles like years and years ago, and, and she's the one that kind of started. She's like, "Hey, I want to, I want to start riding again." So I was like, "Okay, cool. Let me, let me join you. It sounds like fun." You know, I was like motorcycles. So we did the the basic rider course, and I remember, you know, she found on the website, "Okay, so here's what we need. You know, prerequisites for the class. It's like, you know, you have to have, uh, <clears throat> you know, no no sandals or anything. You have to have shoes that cover the ankles and long sleeve shirt, and you know." whatever it was. Right. And I'm like, Oh, it's, it's like summer. It's hot out. I have to wear a long sleeve shirt. Are you kidding yep. me? Like, what's the big deal? We're just going to be in a parking lot. Right. And it's just funny to see the change from that 
you know, and then as soon as we got there, I understood mm -hmm. it, you know, because mm -hmm. it's like before you get on the bike, you're like, oh, whatever, it's just uncomfortable. But then you're there going, well, yeah, like I'm a little shaky doing this turn thing, right? Like that the pavement's looking kind of rough. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, I could see if I fall over, I probably would, you know, like to have my arms protected. That'd probably be a good thing. Yeah. And, and then, you know, it just got to the point where it just was natural. It's like, yeah, I just kind of want to protect myself. And I, I just find that something I mentioned in that episode is one of the reasons I like wearing gear is when I put the, as I'm putting the gear on, it, it's like a reminder to me that I'm motorcycling now. Mm -hmm. it, it like, it like gets Puts me focused yeah. and in present time, it's like, okay, forget whatever problems I have, whatever is going on. It's like, I'm going to do this thing now and this is my focus and this is, this is what we're doing for the next however long it's going to be. And it kind of, I don't know, you know, I don't know, putting on a Superman suit is not the right way to put it because, because <laughs> that, that's actually something I, I noticed too at the beginning was sometimes early on, like I would gear up and feel invincible like oh, I, got, I got my pads on and my stuff and you know and i'd have to remind myself it's like well you're protected it doesn't you're not invincible you know, yeah it's, it's yeah. a different thing it's huge but, uh, but yeah, yeah it's just i guess i've just taken gear as part of motorcycling so you know even if i'm going to do a ride around the block i gear up you mm -hmm. know and and yeah it's a pain i mean honestly sometimes i take the car instead of the bike because yep. it's it's not worth to me all the thing of putting on the gear and riding the bike and taking the gear off. So it's like, you know what? Instead of not wearing the gear, I just don't take the bike. And I drive. Yeah, drive yeah I, I, I drive yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. when I, I'd rather drive most times. I mean, if it's like, ah, uh, I got to do some errands, I'd rather drive and put it in the trunk of the car than have to try to figure, figure out, how, out to how, to, how to get on the bike. <laughs> yeah, even though even though riding there would be more fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, if it's I'm like, ah, it's going to rain, I'll probably just drive. Yeah, and that's great to have that option, but I know some people sure. that they don't have that option and they, right. they got a motorcycle only. Yep. And it's like, well, okay, well, then if that's the case, you need to train for it. You really do need to train for it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah, the, the, other, the other kind of policy I've adopted is if I'm, like, upset about something or tired, like, I, I don't ride. Yeah. You know, I, I don't ride the bike. If, if I'm not feeling... 99% it's like nope too risky you know don't do it kind of thing save it mm -hmm. save it for another day which i think is important too like you said it, you know for people that like motorcycles their only method of transportation mm -hmm. that's you don't have that luxury mm -hmm. uh in that case maybe you just got to be better about getting good night's sleep all the time and you yep. know, so, that, yep. so that you are in good shape you know whenever you get on the bike but yeah when when you have to do it you have to make sure you're ready 100 percent of the time i mean the same thing with the fire service is that yeah you could be out of shape but then once you get that fire you can have a heart attack because you you're out of shape so you yep. always are in shape try your best to get good night's sleep you know eat well and uh i mean if you only have a motorcycle you have to be at that level i mean luckily for us i mean if we're not at the level, we could just take a car. Right. right. So the car's easier. Right. Um, but yeah, some people don't have that. So if you're at that point, you know, listeners, if you're, uh, you only have a motorcycle, you got to make sure that you're a hundred percent proficient in, in it, or at least trying and start from there. Yeah. 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 Definitely. The, uh, the other thing you had mentioned in, in the, the talk you were doing, which also I liked was you mentioned considering the impact, that a motorcycle accident could have on the rest of your life. Yeah. Right. So it's, and not that I think people should be worried about the future, but I, I do like to plan for the future. And like, I always know, you know, Hey, what do I want to do a month from now, six months from now, a year, mm -hmm. year, you know? And so it is a really good point. It's like, you know, is the, Hey, it's a little warm today. Let me, let me not wear the jacket 
kind of thing worth, you know, if something goes bad and you get hurt, you know, what that could mean in terms of the long term. Yeah. You know, and make your decision that way. Yeah. Minor inconvenience now is better than six to eight weeks of a broken bone or six months of your skin graft trying to heal. I mean, it's just, and that's, that's the, that's the little pieces. I mean, you could have a traumatic brain injury that will last for the rest of your life. Sure. It's just, I'll wear a helmet and I'll ride safe. Yeah. And and you even mentioned something like, you know, you asked everyone, so how many people use their hands every day? And I like, like, I'm a computer programmer. It's like, this is what I do. You know, mostly it's my mind, but yeah, you know, it's all typing and clicking yeah. the mouse and whatever. It's like, it's like, yeah, like I don't, and that's the reason. Like I always wear gloves and stuff. I don't want to. And again, I, you know, I, I haven't had any accidents. Knock on wood. Yeah, uh, I, I don't plan on having any accidents, but I, I'm aware that not everything is in my control, and mm-hmm. you know, stuff happens. So I, I would just rather not, you know, not risk that kind of thing. But yeah, you try. You need to try your best to. This is for everybody. Is that you know, having gear and taking the classes are are just reducing the risk. The risk is still there. Um, it's just reducing it when you get more skill and you have more gear, there's still going to be that situation where that car, that guy fell asleep and goes across the line and hits you. Um, you can maybe minimize it. You know, if we take that as an example, minimize it by trying to swerve, but if you can't swerve all the way out of the way, maybe a broken leg instead of dead. Right. So that's Uh, minimizing that risk. I would take that trade. Yeah, I would. I would definitely take that (laughs) trade. Yeah, a broken or, uh, leg versus being dead or having a brain injury. Heck yeah, I'd take that trade. Yeah, exactly. Or, or you know, smash my $500 helmet and have to replace it versus, you know, having a concussion. Or Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the best case scenario where you just have to replace gear and you're walking away from it with just bruises. Right. That is the absolute best scenario right there. Absolutely. Yeah. As, as, as the saying goes, yeah, it's, it's easier to replace motorcycle parts and gear than body parts. Yes, it definitely is, and it's cheaper, way yeah, cheaper. Way cheaper. Good point. Yeah. Um, so, so given like you know your your schedule, right? It's, you know, sometimes you're working sixty hours a week. All the things you do in social media mm-hmm. and whatever. Do you get much chance to ride yourself? Um, no. I mean, okay. I can. I could choose to do so, uh, yeah. but then obviously, you know, taking time away from editing or other stuff yep. to ride, it doesn't really help out. But uh, yeah. I recently went for a ride. And I've been going for rides for fun on the FTR, and that's the first time in a long while, and I can't believe I've been missing that this whole time. I've been just working, yeah. you know, on the bike. You know, everyone thinks, oh, it's so great. You know, you you have a YouTube channel based on motorcycling. This is right. probably so, the best job ever. Right. It's like, tell that to the person that, you know, I mean, we used to have a beer channel, and or my wife and I, it's like, man, I don't like drinking beer this much, you know, to do do beer stuff and then eating channels. Things. Yeah, so it's it's like I love beer, but it's like I don't like, you know, creating content around it. So when I go film, for the longest time, it's like, man, I got to get back on the bike so I can film this. But now it's, huh? Well, I'll get on the bike because I like getting on the bike, and I'll just record how I react to it. Right. So I've been a little bit more relaxed, more easy now that everything's been picking up and we're getting closer to the hundred thousand mark and yeah. the Patreon levels are getting higher and you know all that stuff. So it's it's been able to let me relax and I'm starting to see why those bigger YouTubers are just like it seems natural to them to just get on camera. It's because they're not trying anymore. They're just uh, they're just working or not working, but they're having fun and it right. gets seen uh, on camera. Sure. You know? Sure, sure. That's cool. All right, but but so you you are able to get in some 
just mm-hmm. just for you, just for Daniel writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been lately the past two weeks. It's been great. Yeah. So, That's yeah, just awesome. recently. Cool. Which um, which color scheme do you have? On, I I couldn't quite tell on the FTR twelve hundred. Is that it's, the gray and red? It's the, yeah, it's the gray and the Indian red. It's like a crimson okay. red yeah. and metallic. It's yeah. it's slowly gonna change. So we'll see. I'm starting to like it more though, more and it's more. A, it's a pretty combo. I mean, my yeah. my favorite is like the white and red, like you know, modeled after the, the flat track bike. But, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's that's a pretty bike. Um, have you uh, tried putting any luggage on it yet? You have a side bag on it, right? Like, yeah, uh, left, uh, the left side bag. Yeah. So I had that. That's a Burley brand uh, Voyager bag that I had on my Sportster, and it obviously was designed for the Sportster. So Matt. He uh, was able to come up with some really cool. He chopped up the the old thing that I had on my Sportster and was able to fit it to the FTR, and he brought two of them. So the other bag will work too. It's just the exhaust is in the way. So sooner or later, whenever I upgrade the exhaust and it's a little bit lower, I can have two bags on there. But yeah, I got right. the bag and then I got the luggage rack on the back. Those are the only ad- additions that I have so far um, that I've put on. I have a set of aluminum radiator guards that I still have to put on. That I keep forgetting about. Yeah, but. All the yeah. little, I know all the like little to do list of things, right? Yeah. Like, after you're done auditing, editing your video and yeah. posting it on YouTube and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah so, some, some time for you and, and your bike, right? Bonding time with the bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's funny. Um, do you have the S model? Uh, yes. The, the, I yeah. have the okay, FTR 1200S. So yeah. Okay. Does that have cruise control? Yeah. It's great. Nice. Nice. It's that's great. Yeah. That's the only thing like I wish I had on the Z900 RS. You know, I've, I've got it set up so I can carry luggage if I want, you know, top mm-hmm. case and side cases. It's awesome for a weekend. You know, like a, two weekends ago, I went down to New Jersey. They had the vintage motorcycle races. I could carry my camera gear and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, cruise control. You know, I've got like this wonky kind of throttle lock kind of yeah. thing, which it kind of works. I, I've yet to try one that like is really reliable. You know, they just never quite hold or it's a you know, weird and, feeling. It's a weird feeling just to it, take both hands off and yes, trust it. Absolutely. It's a little piece of plastic or something that's keeping you going at whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speed. yeah. It's pretty funny. Um I know I I mentioned earlier, I noticed you have behind you a total control book yeah. there by, by Lee Parks. Um good any book. any other favorite books you have? You know, do you recommend um, for writers? Outside of my ebook. <laughs> okay there you go Fair um, enough. i got a i got a uh it's module one it, i based it off of uh the probationary books that you would get as a new firefighter you'd have to complete certain probationary books uh usually like module one two three or four and they just got progressively harder building upon your skill so i got module one out it's 50 plus pages and it's literally for just like the brand new spanking writer or somebody that wants to refresh on some of the skills so i talk about you know, uh, the six most common types of bikes and what they are. And, and I talk about motorcycle maintenance, a little bit of it. I talk about tires, you know, the tire guide and like what to look for, uh, how to maintain them. And then a bunch of other little tips, you know, helmet, how to check ratings and how, you know, the, how long a helmet will last. And so it's really good for that aspect. Um, that's, I came from the, uh, beginner, you know, I want to get somebody ready for the road right. and then from there take a class. And then, so that's where that comes from. And module two and three is in the works right now. But outside of that total control and, uh, Moto Jitsu's book, mm-hmm. I, mean, I got, Moto, I yep. actually have it in my backpack. Some, yep, actually I have it way over here and it's a great book. It really is a great book. 
Um, highly recommend it. I actually got this one for free from him himself, so oh, I got cool. I got it signed and everything from him. Nice, nice. So I shut using, up and practice on there. It does. It says shut up and practice. <laughs> awesome. Now shut up and practice. <laughs> no, I I highly recommend his book, and I you've been practicing with the white belt and everything, yeah. and I don't want to show too much inside here, but um, it's it's a everyone I've seen some reviews are like, oh my gosh, it's so thin, but then when you go through it, there's no fat. There's no fat Absolutely. in there. There's there's okay. no screwing around. It's literally take this, shut up, and practice. Right. And, Love it. And that's one of the things I've pointed out from from my listeners, and I know like some of his subscribers and stuff. People misunderstand what the book is. Like that's that's the handbook that you carry with you, so you can easily refer to what the drills are and how you set them up. Yeah. But the real the real meat of it is all his videos and stuff on his YouTube channel, which are actually free. So yeah. like my point was I've gotten so much out of the guy's videos. Let me pay 10 bucks for the booklet. And then I've got it. I have the ebook too. And the, mm -hmm. the nice thing about the ebook is all the, you know, it's, it's hot links in there. So I just pull it up on my phone. It's like, this. okay, I want to do white belt. Good. Click the video, click the link, brings you to YouTube. There's the video, how you set up the the course and, you know, it shows him demonstrating or whatever. So it's, it's yeah, pretty slick how yeah. he's got it set up. Yeah, and then, so your your ebook, right? That's the one you were saying. Like currently, that, that's available as a Patreon perk, right? That eventually. The, uh, the ebook itself, you can you can buy the. Uh, so I have a training manual, which is the module one, and then I have the crew manual, which is a, its own website for the DDFM crew, and that's that's behind the Patreon paywall. But once we hit four hundred, it'll be absolutely free to everybody. So I can't wait for that kind of traffic on that website. Sure, sure. and um. So yeah, it's uh, I have a, a motorcyclebeginnertips.com. That's basically the link for all the links, and that will give you the link to the ebook, give you the link to the Patreon. The Discord is absolutely free. We have twelve hundred members in there, and we just chit chat and talk about beginner tips, you know, mental health and a few other things. And then it gives you a link to my latest video. So it helps out a lot. It's it's pretty awesome. It's uh, phone friendly. That that link, uh, the beginnermotorcycletips.com. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of space it. So there's a training manual and crew manual. It's almost like the owner's manual and the service manual, you know, for a bike, you know, the owner's manual only gives you enough to, to get going. And then the training manual is like the service manual where it's like, it's in depth and you, and you can understand. So I try to mold it towards, you know, the fire service and motorcycling. So it's a little more common for mm -hmm. everybody to, sure. to understand. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, beginnermotorcycletips.com. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. So, so people have it. Cool. So I, I know we've kind of talked about a lot about this already, but any advice you have? Because, right, so, so back up a little bit, and my listeners know this. I'll just kind of fill you in briefly, and I know I said a little bit in the email, but the reason I started this podcast is, you know, I started riding three years ago at age 53 and I just freaking love it. And I was listening to all these different podcasts and people talking about, oh, the motorcycle industry is doomed and it's shrinking and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just found this activity that I really yeah. love. You know, I want to do what I can to just whatever, you know, get it known to people. And there's so many you know, there's so much good content out there, like what you're doing, like with your social media. Fast Eddie's got his thing going. You know, you guys are trained MSF coaches. You know, I'm I haven't done that yet, although I'd like to. You know, at yeah. some point maybe train. But I'm like, okay, so, you know, what can I do that's not repeating what other people are doing well? You know, it's like, 
so what can I do? So I love doing these kind of interviews because I think it helps. I, I'm, I'm fortunate in that, you know, I'm on, this is episode 13 with you, right? Mm-hmm. So just getting started. But I'm fortunate, you know, I've got listeners in 30-something countries. And, awesome. you know, the downloads are going. So, like, there's people listening, you know. So it's yeah. like, even if it's like, okay, well, I've got listeners who don't yet know about Dan Dan the Fireman or Fast Eddie and Moto Jitsu or whatever. If I can help make that connection, you know, I feel like I'm doing something valuable, yeah. you know, just, just helping build and expand the community kind of thing. As long as you come from a, a mission and a principle of helping others, pretty much no matter what you do is going to follow that. Uh, so uh, that's really absolutely. good. And that, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's my deal is I just, just want to help wherever I can. So, all right. So the point being, so, you know, one of the reasons I started this and it's, it's kind of broadened out because I have listeners of all skill levels, you know, and I've even had people mm-hmm. email me and say, Hey, <clears throat> you know, don't forget you have listeners who are experienced writers. So, you know, give us some content mm. too. So like what we're talking about, I think totally it, it, you know, crosses the gamut, like all levels of writers could benefit, you know, from this yeah. kind of stuff. But so being that I kind of started out with the idea of, you know, helping new writers, beginning writers get started. Is there anything we haven't talked about tonight, you know, advice that you have for people starting out, whether it's choosing their first bike, you know, selecting gear for the first time, anything like that. Yeah. Choosing, choosing your first bike and, and, try or getting your first pieces of gear it's it's literally try it on and then just because it looks good might not be the best for you i mean there's some bikes out there that are badass looking but i've sat on them and i'm like there's no way i could do it for what i want to use it for i mean just like you know all the shotguns the best home defense weapon ever you know but then are you going to carry that around with you when you're out in the mall no you're going to get what's what's worth or what what you're going to be using it for so Go out and sit on a bunch of bikes, see if it fits good, um, see if it fits what you want to do, and if, if you're able to be comfortable on it, that's the main thing. Um, it's not like a car where you just find the car and you see how many cup holders it has and does it have Bluetooth, that's awesome. You know, you're, right. not, you're not doing that. It's like you literally have to have it fit to you. And the same thing with the gear. Uh, seatbelts are seatbelts. They'll, they'll wrap around you. You might have to do some adjustments, you know, up on the top. You know, everyone does that. And, but on a helmet, if it doesn't fit you, it's not going to do any good. If it's not strapped in, it's not going to do any good. Same thing with all this other gear. So make sure you try on some gear. Go to a local place. Try it on. Um, try to get it fitted. See what works and what doesn't. You know, summer gear, winter gear, three season, four season, all this other stuff. And there's a lot to, to know. Um, that's why there's channels out there like this for beginner motorcycle riders because there's just way too much to understand and know. You can't just jump into it and uh, think that, you're going to be okay. Uh, there's, there's a lot that goes into it, not yeah. just safety wise. Right. Um, yeah, that's for, that's for the beginner riders. I mean, for the advanced riders, I suggest watching Moto Jitsu. Uh, yeah. still, <laughs> still, Absolutely. Watch, still watch me to get a refresher on how to stay safe. I'm more on the, uh, psychological aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, he's more so on the skill and then he talks about the, uh, the psychological, um, but he's got a lot of skill and that's his strength. So I think that's what he pushes out there. And for me, my skill is communicating to, um, people cause that's something I had to do as a firefighter ENT. I had to communicate the patients that are in sure. emergency situations that are freaking out and I had to calm them down. Um, and I had to relate to them. Um, so that's my, that's my strength. But once again, I mean, it's, everything's evolving. So I'm, I'm just going to run with what I know and that's the psychology of it all and hopefully get people to get pushed in that direction and then find resources for others. So, yeah, Uh, that's a good point. I started reading because it's one of the recommended reading for white belt in Moto Jitsu. Um, Keith codes, twist of the wrist volume two. 
and he starts out yeah definitely he starts out talking about that like basically kind of the psychological aspect of things and how you know survival mechanisms and and kind of innate fear that we have often gets people to do the wrong thing that they should do on a motorcycle yeah you know and so it, it's just really interesting so I, I definitely recommend people read that book i'll you know also put the link in the show notes but because it gets a lot into how that you know how you how you react and how you behave then filters down to how the bike behaves yeah. because the bike is following certain laws of physics and it's designed to work optimally a certain way. And if you do something that counteracts or fights that you're going to get yourself in trouble, you know, and that that's when you low side, high side, you know, all that kind of scary stuff that nobody wants to do. <laughs> yeah, I know it gets, gets freaky at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But all right, cool. So, uh, anything you wanted to talk about, touch on that we haven't yet? Um, the the only thing I really want to touch on is that there's only so much you can do with YouTube and these books. Um, a lot of this, I mean, it's it's not like taking an online class for for English writing, mm-hmm. where where you're just writing and and that's it. Uh, we're trying to teach everybody something that you have to literally go out and be on a motorcycle to do, yeah. and you can't teach all of that. And that's the whole kinesthetic, uh, kinesthology, all that stuff, mm-hmm. that like big the, fancy word of learning, right. yep. um, is that you're literally going to have to go out and do it. And the only place you can really do that 100%, well, not 100% safely because people still crash in the MSF, is that the only place you can do it with uh, supervision, professional supervision with yeah. some training is at an MSF or you know, wherever you're at, uh, right. local class. And that's where you should do it. The information that we provide um, – it will bridge that gap. Right. So you literally have to go out and, and train yourself. You have to go out and get some professional training. Um, that's how I, I promote my ebook. That's how I promote my, my videos is that I'm just here to get you ready for the class so that you're not freaking out about the investment into the, the class and you know, your gear. It's like, you don't want to spend the wrong amount of money on the right or wrong gear. So I try to get you into that area. Right. And, um, it's very important to go take a class. Yeah. Um, I learned way more taking classes than I did reading online. Yeah, that that's a really good point that it is like a whole package, you know, like yeah. it, 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 it's reading, it's getting the knowledge, you know, the supervision. So doing the courses, doing all levels of courses, you know, fast Eddie, I think he's up to his 21st course or something like that. <clears throat> and know, he's a crazy and he's a highly trained, very experienced, you know, MSF and now total control writer coach. So yeah, it, it's like, and, and the practice practice and, yeah, it's just, and, and that's the thing that really, it's not like I didn't believe that, but, you know, the Saturday starting to work on white belt, it just really, it was like, okay, yeah, he's absolutely right. Like practice, practice, practice Yeah. Know, to, the, to the point where I'm like thinking, okay, well, the next time I feel like going out for a quick spin, all right, maybe I'm going to start over in the parking lot and I'm going to do my, you know, parking space drill thing that, you know, was okay, but like a little wobbly on Saturday kind of thing. So, yeah, so that that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's very important, very important. Um, yeah, and th- those classes that he's taken, he's in his 20s. They're not, I took BRC1 classes. These are, I have watched him take his classes. They're like track classes, advanced total control, all this crazy stuff. So he's, yeah. and you learn a lot from one class. So imagine sure. 20 plus. And I've only taken probably eight classes. Um, and then I've taught, taught a few classes. So he's taught a lot. Um, right. So I highly support somebody like him that's doing what he's doing, and and uh, I'm just trying to do my own thing. 
So absolutely, and, and I think it's awesome that it kind of dovetails together. I know you guys have been kind of talking, and yeah. you, you hung you hung out together one day, right? Like yeah, we that's he, coming. He, yeah, he came down to Tucson uh, last year, and he and he pretty much inspired me to take classes. I wasn't top of my game at that point. I was uh, I was talking about motorcycle tips from the firefighter perspective. And then that's what really pushed me to get classes done. So after after that meetup, uh, I think it was might have been August or something like that. It was last year, and uh, I took I just kept taking class after class after class after class. So he's gonna actually be here this weekend in oh, three awesome. days. Yeah, in three cool. days he's gonna be down here, and he's gonna be testing people for their belts. And then nice. I'll be there to test for my belt, and uh, I'll be giving my speeches about you know the psychology of the riding, and he'll chime in on that and then he'll be doing his uh training stuff and i'll be chiming in on that because he's the more experienced one in that aspect and you know just the injury and all that the psychology stuff i feel like i'm pretty experienced in so it's it's a good relationship it's good yeah it's a good good partnership sounds like yeah it's awesome yeah it's good actually we're already planned later this month i'm going to have him back on the show and you know we'll talk what's the latest in moto jitsu and my progress and stuff so it's it's really good because i'm like all right good so if i know i'm having him on the show again I'm going to shut up and practice because I want to be able to at least say something like I did. Yeah. <laughs> Since the last yeah. time I talked to you on the show, okay, I've now done this, you know, or whatever. Or yeah. Here's my questions or whatever happens to be. So. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be a lot of fun. But uh, I, I think that's the biggest thing. This, this, all this stuff is just a blast. And it's like all these different things that you're talking about that he's talking mm-hmm. about. It, it just improves like, for me. And I hope for listeners who are doing this stuff, it just improves my ability to enjoy it. It's like, so when I do get a chance to get out and ride you know i'm that much more confident i'm enjoying it more you know i'm more focused on what i'm doing so i think it's really really good stuff yeah it's very important yeah so i know i know you mentioned a couple things already but uh what's the best way for people to to reach you uh the best ways is obviously on my youtube so i mean that'd be youtube.com slash stand in the fireman but i also have like i said the uh motorcycle beginner tips.com um that's really important. Make sure I actually got that right. <laughs> Sometimes I've been getting it wrong. Um, let's that's see. fine. I mean, I'll, I'll, like, oh, I'll put it up. Beginner, I'll beginner motorcycle it. tips. There you go. Hey. Beginner motorcycle tips.com. Um, yeah. So that will have my ebook. That'll have my Patreon. That'll have my discord, which is absolutely free. So everybody can join discord. We, like I said, we chit chat all the time and then you get access to my latest video. Um, but if you ever need to just contact me, that's the Discord is the best place to do it. You can private message me and get a hold of me pretty easily on okay. that. Awesome. Yeah. Really, really cool. All right. Any uh before we wrap up, any closing message? Do you have do you have any like, do you have any particular sign off you use? You know, I, like, I uh, do, but it's like it, it only kicks in when I'm on the bike. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's like it's like I have to be on the, is, is it like, I think it's like ride safe, be safe. There you go. Okay, cool. Ride safe, be safe. All right. Yeah. So Dan, Dan, the fireman, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been a blast, especially I know like it was kind of came up last minute. So pre- yeah. I appreciate you making that go right. And I, I hope we'll get a chance to do it again in the future if you're yes. willing. You know, I yeah, know, I know awesome. uh, my listeners will love your stuff and uh, just keep promoting everything that's going on out there. Awesome. awesome. All right, man. Have a great night. All right. See you later. I'd like to give a big thank you to Dan, Dan, the fireman for being on the show tonight. 
Uh, I still have stickers left, so if you'd like to get a sticker just to display on wherever you want to display it and just help me promote the podcast, just send me an email and uh, send me your shipping address. I'll be happy to get that out to you, as always, while supplies last. You can always contact me by email at soyouwanttoride at yahoo.com, or you can find me on my website, www.soyouwanttoridemotorcycle.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can make a one-time donation using PayPal by going to paypal.me slash Christopher Geis, or click the donate link at the upper right side on my website. So please like and leave me comments and a rating on your favorite podcast service. That's help will help other people find the podcast, uh, which is now on all the popular platforms. Please like and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for So You Want to Ride and keep spreading the word and help me build my online community. I'm having a blast doing this and uh, I hope you're enjoying it. I want to do everything I can to help you enjoy motorcycling the best that you can. So thank you for listening and just remember, whatever you do, it's always time to ride.